Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I'm so happy to be bringing you this episode. I'm joined by Anna Whitehouse, also known as Mother Pucker. Uh, We sat down recently for a good old chinwag. And you know when you know that you sit down with someone and you just think, A, we could put the world to rights, and B, you inspire the crap out of me. This is uh, what happened uh, when I met Anna recently. She told me about uh, Flex Appeal, the campaign that she has created to promote the idea for flexible working. And in her and in her words, she's become a foghorn for flexible working. All the links to that are going to be in the show notes. But you also talk about her early journalistic career, what it was that made her start her website, motherpucker.co.uk and so much more. And we also talk about the false reality of things like social media, the realities of what it's like to be trolled when you put yourself out there, and also the reality of pursuing your passion and why we all need to be a little bit more transparent and sort of take filters off things uh, in order to just be kinder to one another generally. She's a real truth teller and I really, really enjoyed hanging out with her. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation. We talk about a lot of campaigns that she's worked on. We talk about uh, various blog posts. All of those links are going to be in the show notes, as are her social media handles. So I encourage you to follow her and get involved with what she's doing. I am not a parent. And her website is, it actually says on it, is a portal for people who happen to be parents. Doesn't matter, she still entertains the heck out of me. And I definitely really admire what she's doing so let's support her follow her and let's all go and do a flash mob which is one of the things that flex appeal is doing if you're enjoying the show and you're listening over on itunes i would be so grateful if you could a subscribe and if you're really feeling particularly frisky uh, maybe leave a five star review and maybe a little written rating about what you're enjoying about it equally if you are on social media and you want to follow me i am at emma guns pretty much everywhere so that's at e-m-m-a-g-u-n-s and as ever you can email me on the beauty podcast at gmail.com and i do try to get back to all of my messages as quickly as i can and from my own brain and fingers no one else is doing it for me so thank you as ever for tuning in and i really sincerely hope that you enjoy this conversation with the awesome anna whitehouse Joining me in this episode of the Emma G podcast, I have the one and only Anna Whitehouse, who you've achieved something um, wonderful for me, for my childish brain, which is you've made a word that's a nearly swear, your brand. (laughs) 
It's a new swear. Yeah, it was. Um, it's something my mum doesn't like swearing, so I had to pare it down a bit. Started off uh, obviously motherfucker, then thought mm, France might not be too interested in that. <laughs> So Even if you spelt it differently. Yeah, yeah. Mum, mum's much happier now. Um, so tell me about Mother Pucker, which just makes me smile every time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a juvenile. What can I say? I mean, when my kid says it in the doctor's surgery, and the woman doesn't understand what she's just said, and she's looking at me aghast. I mean. I'm like oh no 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 it's a blog I write a blog and then you go into this weird world where they're like I don't even know what a blog is and I don't care lady but your, your kid's swearing <laughs> okay no but do you know how many followers I've got on Instagram <laughs> irrelevant at the doctor's surgery as it should be yeah um how did you ask how it started yeah because you have a background in journalism yeah um I, I, I want to ask you about that. <laughs> a loose background in journalism. Well, did you work for short? Did you work for in Amsterdam? Yeah. So I worked. Um, I worked. I started out at Haymarket Publishing and uh, started out on Practical Caravan magazine. Which. Um, oh no, you did. Yeah, I did. Um, and uh, I'm not going to lie. It was the most incredible start to journalism that you could ever hope for I'll be I'm not saying it jokingly like because it's just a really honest kind of journalism there's no nobody protecting the talent (laughs) you know you just pitch up with your you know notebook as it was back then um spiral bound spiral bound a pucker pad (laughs) oh my god Perfect. The end. Thanks the for end. listening. It's done. It's <laughs> on to me now. Um, we, yeah, I used to do that. And then I got promoted to a reporter on Horticulture Week, um, where I was writing about um, fuchsia and um, slug pellets and various other things. Fuchsia, one of my favourite words, so often misspelled. <laughs> so often. It's the fox. It's yeah. the fox. I know how to spell fuchsia from that experience. And I think... The thing that was so good about it, compared to, to be honest, a little bit where things have gone now, is that I would literally phone up like Sid down in Bognor Regis and be like, Sid, um, Frank up the road thinks your slug pellets are a bit of shit, what do you think? And he'd be like, he's a fucking bastard. <laughs> and I'd be writing the lead news story with one hand and I'd be like, this is really raw and honest and funny and these are are people's livelihoods and it was really honest and the further I got away from business journalism towards consumer it was a friend close to the source (laughs) or a friend close to Victoria Beckham i.e. the intern says (laughs) that she does not like her tits (laughs) and we're just like oh have I gone actually far away? Not from the truth. I'm not, you know, wedded to the truth all the time. But um, it was, yeah, that's where I started. And I think that honesty and that truth is kind of what's brought me around to Motherbucker. Mm. Practical Caravan really is where it all started. I'm trying desperately to weave in some gags, but I don't, I don't have any caravanning, <laughs> camping. Well, I think we need to question really here. Is there ever an impractical caravan? I'd like to see it. True. Is I that mean, just? I mean, is, is it an exhibition? <laughs> what would it? Would it just one wheel? <laughs> I mean, you've got to question the whole fundamental brand pillars of practical caravan. I mean, it's, it's food for thought here. I love that you were there long enough to really, really think about what it stood for and yeah. what it was trying to say. Integrity. Integrity. That's the word. Um, yes. So. But also, there's, sorry, there's a gentleman in orange sweater having a really obnoxious conversation outside this meeting room. Apologies, listeners, if you can hear it. 
So, um, to be him, he's got such sass. Oh, he's just got swag. <laughs> it's, it's obviously a really important conversation about nothing at all. <laughs> I'm not a fan of tutters, you know, the tutting. I've been tutted at a lot in my time because I'm not you know I'm not I'm not very good at like basic things like walking and stuff like I, I just don't have very good balance and so sometimes we're like you know accidentally sort of swerve and then I mean what is that I'm not like just articulate your issue mm. articulate it say excuse me do you mind not bumping into me and then be like oh I'm so sorry yeah. instead of I mean what's with the tutting I'm no, done with tutting that's, that's actually the only thing I won't do I'll do everything else well speaking of tutting that makes me think instantly of just commuting because yes. I think people tut excessively on the commute you're currently wearing a baby on board badge because you are yes. expectant number two is on the way congratulations thank you how that leads sort of fairly nicely into um, being pregnant and the things that one comes up against and not getting a seat on trains being overlooked. Talk to me about that experience. About being up the duff. <laughs> and also just the fact that um, I've never carried a child and stood on a train, but I've been there when everyone looks very earnestly at whatever they're looking at because they just don't want to give up their seat. It must be compounded when one is actually pregnant. I think, yeah, people tend to be quite good, actually. I haven't had any bad experiences. I've been the bad one, really, because um, when I wasn't pregnant, I um, got on the tube and um, said, boy, do you mind standing up to this um, guy that's sitting in the... um, there's a sort of disabled special priority seat and uh, it was for an old lady and he sort of got up um, and then I realised he'd obviously um, hurt his <laughs> sorry we just asked the man with the orange sweater to take his conversation as well there was lots of swearing uh, he'd obviously uh, hurt his knee badly couldn't stand <laughs> so he gets up wobbling and then I'm like oh god no 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 you sit down and then the rest of the carriage start getting up like little pinball machines knocking into each other going no sit here sit here until the old lady goes I, 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 it's, okay, it's okay I can't sit down I'm, it's not good for my knees <laughs> and I was just like I just want to die it was just that British moment of like this is why people don't speak on the tube just don't speak on the tube and this is also why um yeah, why maybe you should get taxis everywhere? <laughs> if I had the money, that's something I'd like. I great. hate social awkwardness because it is. That's like something out of a, a sitcom. It really is. It's just that because um, I lived in Amsterdam for um, five years and worked in Amsterdam, and their approach is so brilliantly direct that they will literally say, um, "Emma, yeah, I don't like your idea." Whereas in England, we'd be like, "With the greatest respect." With the greatest respect, I think there's probably another way around this. And you were like, you don't respect me. I know you don't, you hate my idea. But there's always a subtext, whereas in Holland it's like, wait, you get up, there's a pregnant lady. <laughs> it's it's funny, direct. isn't it? It, does, it is weird over here. People are sort of pussyfoot around saying what they actually want or what they mean. And I think there's time for it. Like, I much prefer the British way. <laughs> like, you know, instead of saying, your idea is shit, uh, the English way is... I've seen what you've done there. Like it. Um, but well, maybe we could shift a few things around.
around there, and then you'll be better. And your hair looks nice. And your hair looks lovely. That Biscuit. Is, that is the shit sandwich. That is the shit that sandwich. That is the shit sandwich that everyone is taught at some point. Yeah. I've got to send an email to someone, and it's going to be really mean. Well, the, the, Bread it on either side with a compliment. Yeah, you're great. You're great. Your work is like a massive turd, but you're great. <laughs> That's why I always just skip to the second paragraph sometimes. I'm like, come on. And you can just sense the tone. You're like, this This seems too nice. Skip to the second paragraph. Yeah. Ah, okay, there's the, there's there the shit filling. <laughs> but yes, let's take it back to um, the, the beginning of Motherfucker. Yeah. Um, Smiling again. So it sort of started because uh, I had that experience in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. uh, and I was a mother in Amsterdam as well. So I kind of worked with the kids over there, and over there, it's um, you know generally I can't speak for every company, but generally there's a belief that you go back, man or woman, three days roughly a week mm-hmm. when you've had a kid, uh, you get ten days uh, of um, the equivalent of the NHS of a maternity nurse after you've had your kid to help you navigate concerns you have maybe about going back to work or how to keep the human alive, like <laughs> really basic stuff. And the whole system is operated around the human being at the heart of business mm-hmm. and that actually you can't bypass basic biological functions like having a child Mm. it's as much a part of your business as you know securing massive revenues the Mm. two are not kind of they're not separate and so they put family first in Holland and I know that because my mum's Dutch and uh, our whole family's Dutch and I've seen I've grown up knowing how family is key and that doesn't mean the business doesn't do well it just means that you put the human above the business but for the business benefit because you give so much more back Mm. I literally just got an email I can almost read it out saying hi I've been following your flexible working campaign Um, I just wanted to let you know positive example of a company that I work for I can't name it yet because um I want to make sure that it's, it's above board. Mm-hmm. But she said, uh, my boss literally says to us, work as and when and where you want. Um, there's people on medication who work better in the evenings and afternoons. Uh, there's parents. There's people who have to look after their ageing parents. And she said, in this email, the trust that we have, the will, the willing that we have to do a good job for this woman, mm-hmm. because she's put herself out there for us, mm-hmm. It, she's getting tenfold back. Mm. None of us are on Facebook. None of us even pick up our iPhones. Um, none of us are doing anything but either working, when we're working, really hard, or living. Mm. And the two help each other. And I think, because I had that experience in Amsterdam, I came back to London, and the human and the family, and then I say family, boyfriend, girlfriend, mm. single mother, um, grandparents not talking about just exclusively mums and dads yeah. the family the person the human is dangling at the bottom of the food chain in businesses and myself like many other women friends I know couldn't make work work uh, and I think I'd been told by my dad you know work hard in your GCSEs work hard in your A-levels the world will be yours and I was for a bit until I had a kid and then the door was slammed in my face and so I went fine let's pack up shop here and um, I'm going to do something on my terms Mm. and show that you can still have that something 
not have it all, mm-hmm. but have that something. And that something for me is motherfucker. <laughs> It's a really strong business plan. <laughs> so it wasn't. <clears throat> so it wasn't. The genesis was a funny tone and some Instagram pictures. It was right from the outset. It was this is my business. Yeah, I think it was. It was never going to be a vanity project because I don't have the time. Mm. Oh, I need the money. Mm. You know, and I've spoken a lot about money in our blog posts. You know, when my card got declined in Tesco Metro the other day. I was trying to buy cheese and pickle sandwich for May, and you could just see people looking at me going, "Good God, like is she in charge of a small human?" And they put that sandwich back on the shelf of financial dreams. And I walked outside and I thought, "How am I a functioning adult?" And actually, I thought, "You know what? I don't have as much money now, and I don't. Uh, I don't have as much money setting up your own blog, setting up your own business. It's not easy. You know, I'm not saying that to put anyone off, but financially, it's." really quite turdy at times um, but the the cost I suppose the financial gain is more of an emotional gain it's mm. a choice um, I have a choice about uh, when I am looking after my child I have a choice when I bath her I have a choice if I'm miscarrying not to go to the office mm-hmm. to sit at home and miscarry and accept that that's something that's happened instead of trying to push through in a work environment that I don't want them to know that I'm trying to get pregnant because they might try and get rid of me Mm. Um, you know that used to happen and still does happen um, because we have this great fear that the minute you mention procreation the minute the swimmers run free that yeah you will have to make a choice but in Amsterdam you don't have to in Sweden you don't have to Mm. these countries are making it work and I think um here, yeah, the moment I set this up, it wasn't just a financial thing because I'm, not, I'm not, not rolling in it. I'm earning half of what I was before, but it's a choice thing and it's also to pioneer a message that I know it can work. And I think if I hadn't lived in Amsterdam, there's no way I'd have set any of this up. It's the contrast. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of where it came from. Um, and a few tears and a bit of hair loss later, <laughs> here we are. So, what was the what was the objective when you set out? Um, did you did you start contacting people and saying, going to businesses and saying, this this is how you can apply this. This is exactly what you can be doing, and you will benefit from it. No, not really. Uh, to be honest, um, it started out very much as a kind of platform to just unite people, and I felt the only way to unite people is through humour, like whether you are an eco-warrior or whether you know you refuse to give your last rollo to someone (laughs) however you do things whoever you are the common denominator not just across parenthood but across Mm -hmm. life life is humour and so it started off with why can't humour be paired with politics Mm -hmm. why can't humour be paired with more serious topics like miscarriage Mm. um you know, a small excerpt from our miscarriage piece we wrote. It's not funny. Miscarriage is shit. You know, it's it's horrendous. But um, the only thing that got me through was when I had to tell my daughter because I was miscarrying in a toilet at her daycare, and she said, "Oh, well, you know, why are you crying, Mama?" And I was like, "Oh God," uh, and you don't know what to say. And I thought, "Don't 
lie tell the truth say well you know the, the baby that was in mummy's tummy it's not there anymore why uh, you know um, it, sometimes you know fault your own it, it's, it's sometimes not there did it fall out <laughs> yes um, so can the doctor put a new one in I was like I'll have to talk to Papa about that. Um, and then it carried on, can the next one be black? And I was like, again, we'll have to talk to Papa about that. And she really basic questioning yeah. and no emotion. And I'm not in any way making light of miscarriage. You know, we, we've gone through enough of it to know the darkest, darkest times. But through my daughter just simply questioning in a non-emotional way, I came out of a dark place and actually was like, yeah, these are relevant questions. Mm. I'm afraid the next one can't be put in by the doctor, but you'll understand that in a few years. Why? <laughs> Papa be a bit upset. But I think it's that. That's a very small example of how serious issues, which is, again, with flexible working, with flash dancing in the streets to salt and peppers, let's talk about sex, baby. Mm. Um, because we're not looking to witch hunts. We're not looking to lambast companies. In miscarriage, I'm not looking to isolate people. But it started as a place just to unite through humour and I hit the mark sometimes I don't on other times we're all human Um, but that was the heart of it and so the issues that come along are presented in a way that's you know hopefully a bit more accessible than legislation and Mm. the news at nine o'clock and things that can seem a bit heavier Um, because you've got a background in writing you've written for lots of titles that we've talked about um Writing your own stuff in your own sort of authentic voice is really scary. I, I do it with this podcast. <laughs> the first time I published a podcast, I switched my internet off and hid in my bedroom because <laughs> I'm an irrational, emotional fool. How did... Did you feel the same way when you started? Because you're, you're not just... Although it's humour, there's a serious, there are serious issues there that you want to address. Did you feel quite exposed and vulnerable in a way that you hadn't with your previous work? Uh, yeah, I think because, you know, it's when you do something, and the word blogging, um, I found very difficult because, um, you know, it felt a little bit more like flogging or um, I was just flogging, <laughs> flogging myself at the internet in the hope that someone would pick it up. And, you know, my dad said the other day, how's your clogging going? I'm like, it's not clogging. I'm not clogging up the internet. I hate the word clog. But I like I like the fact that we've it's, got Amsterdam. And the, I just, yeah, it's... <laughs> there's clogging, there's flogging, there's blogging. Um, it's... Yeah, I think it's... Sorry, what was the question? <laughs> Putting yourself out there. We got lost in clogs. Putting yeah, yourself out there. Lost in clog. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing was personally, uh, with personal relationships, um, because you're not just putting yourself out there, you know, I'm putting my family out there, um, I'm talking about miscarriage when it's not actually something that just solely affected me, mm. affected my husband, affected my mum, you know, everybody had plans and excitement around that unborn fetus, um, it's not necessarily just my experience to talk about, so I think that was slightly difficult at first and I think you've probably had the same when you start doing these things you do hide under the duvet you know god um, is is this going to be my platform Mm. me and for it not to be a vanity project and for it not to be you know the all about me show members one it's exactly (laughs) what you're doing it's it was involving other people Mm. the minute it took off was when I launched uh, the parent fail campaign which uh, Fern Cotton launched for us. Mm-hmm. I had 62 followers, 
and I emailed 500 celebrities uh, right the way down to H from Steps. Um, what do you do now? <laughs> well, he's a parent, and I know he'd been perfect. He's one of Brit, yeah, I think. Um, but it was Fern Cotton who got back to me out of all of the people I emailed, mm-hmm. and literally was radio silence. And she launched the campaign, and all it was was to hold up a piece of paper saying, you know, where you messed up. So, you know, I dropped my phone on my newborn's head online shopping. <laughs> Simple as that. And, you know, hashtag parent fail, and you nominate someone else. It's not, not rocket science. Mm. But the minute I started looking outside of myself and started thinking of topics like flexible working, miscarriage, where I bring personal experience, but hopefully just bring it to a wider audience that it could help and I think that has always been the focus um, that it, it, is, it can't just be about my experience and how wonderful my shoes are um, <laughs> not that I have great shoes on I'm still, I'm still waiting for the cool Chanel <laughs> they will they I have will. faith I have faith <laughs> Shoes. I have faith shoes, yeah. but I have faith that Chanel will also cool. Who, who is this motherfucker girl? She must have wear shoes. She can back off. I see you next to Carl, front row. Carl, matching Carl. outfit, bow tie, black suit, gloves. Yeah. I see it in your future. Do you? Listen, I do. I mean, I think yeah. You know, just say so. How flexible working is um, Chanel, Carl? I ch- I, That's a question I you need to ask. It is. Um, Especially during fashion week. <laughs> exactly. Do you give people a week off afterwards? Carl, do you? <laughs> Look me in the eye, Carl. <laughs> he's not very... Him and Kellen Mirren have fallen out. Have you heard? Oh. I'm speaking like he's a personal friend. Um, well, honestly, I feel like the whole Oscars mismatch thing happened to me. Happened to me. It, I feel like I went up on that stage and took the Oscar for La La Land. And it did. And hand it over to Moonlight. <laughs> Are you going to reenact that tonight in front of your mirror? I may have done it already this morning. <laughs> but hang on, as a side note, yeah, we've had it's award season. Yeah, just had Brits, just had the Oscars, just had the Golden Globes. I was texting Caroline Hirons the other night during the Brits, and because um, she came on the podcast, and I was just going through the fine details with her as we tend to do with why we all work in the evening. I don't know and said that I was watching the Brits and then said it's completely normal for me to be composing my own acceptance speech for winning like best album or something and she was like yeah of course <laughs> have you choreographed your performance yet or something like do you do that? I did when I was on Practical Caravan like I used to literally imagine someone <laughs> just going yeah I used to imagine um, a sort of Guardian journalist suddenly realising that I was like the caravanning oracle and um, the, the Truman Capote. I was literally the Truman Capote of caravanning, and the um, I sort of just brought you know breath, a breath of fresh air into the caravanning. Refreshing world. take. Yeah, you know she's not just the tow bar expert; she's so much more. And I, I did back then, and now I think I'm just so tired. I <laughs> that. I feel like that's got to be my caption when I put this on Instagram. She's not just the Tofu Tofu expert. She's so much more. Hashtag practical caravan. Is there ever an impractical caravan? This is the question. I think that proves that you were the refreshing new voice that the caravan industry needed. I feel that. I mean, yeah, look, look at me now. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come back to you and give you an award. 
posthumously. Well, I was going to say that, but then no. But yes, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. They'll call you back into My the time will be, yeah. Um, Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm. Special recognition, like the one Meryl got. And I never really got to go on Practical Motorhome. I think that would have been the obvious next step up. But Walter Culture Week got in um, quicker, and they saw my green-fingered ways. Yeah, Practical Motorhome, again, another pioneering title. Still going strong. Good for them. Yeah. Links in the show notes, everybody. <laughs> um, so, Mother Pucker and Awards. Well, hang on. Awards. Uh, Mother Pucker, any awards ha- happening for you? Awards? Like, ones that I don't self-award <laughs> in front of my mirror every night. I think there's value in self-awarding. You can do it. You can do this. Um, no, awards maybe not, but when, apart from the Fern Cotton hashtag, yes. yeah. pair or fail... When did the when did the recognition start happening, and when did you realise that you were you had been right to go out on a limb because it was beginning to pay off? Um, I think. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. It was probably the first email I got through about um, flexible working mm-hmm. when I wrote the big post uh, called I Quit, basic. <laughs> the link to which will be in the show notes, listeners. And yeah, I Quit. Um, I was working for the L'Oreal Group, who are a great group. Um, they like me, I like them. Um, but if they'd have allowed me a flexible week which would have meant a four day week it would have meant that somebody else within my uh, team would have also been had to be offered that even though she wasn't pregnant mm-hmm. and I just thought good god my like life choices are being determined on someone else's ovaries um, it was quite a sort of eureka moment of this is quite mad because you don't determine people's salaries according to specifically what other people are doing it's really like my salary would not be the same as the assistant, you know, or the MD. Mm. And it's very private. It's it's seen in a very individual way. And how can the way you work be seen in a different way and be seen as this blanket approach? And so um, I wrote that post, uh, I quit. (laughs) And I was like, I desperately wanted to leave uh, the building going, because you're not worth it. (laughs) But it wasn't the case. They were really worth it. And the staff was great. (laughs) It just, um, yeah, it just was... uh, I'm a very determined person and I couldn't make it work mm-hmm. and so I just thought okay there has to be other people I quit in you know, a sort of eye twitching blurry haze of perhaps emotion I don't know just frustration is probably the word um, 
and uh, I left. I handed my notice in. It wasn't antagonistic. It wasn't angry. It was just a acceptance that this wasn't going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I quit, and I think I wrote that post, and I think the first email I got through was just, it opened a floodgate to so many other people, and I connected with people who'd been through the same thing, people who had good, bad, and ugly stories, and I just realised the magnitude of this issue, Mm -hmm. and the fact that, because I had the Amsterdam experience, I was able to say, guys, this isn't normal, guys, guys! This isn't okay. Like, it doesn't have to be like this. But I think if I hadn't had that experience, I would have still been sitting here going, but this is just how it is, isn't it? So we just have to keep going. Yeah. And I think that is the key to it, is that I've seen the other side. And Amsterdam's not perfect. God, there's loads, you know, that doesn't work there. But in terms of this specific issue flexible working not just for parents but people mm. um, that was that was the moment uh, where I was like guys it's, it's, this isn't actually okay um, I think that we can do things better and if you can't do things better in slightly less time or in a more flexible way then maybe you need to work out between employer and employee are you right for each other mm. what is an extra 15 minutes a day you know if somebody needs to go and pick up their kids um what, what is that to that company? You spend that, you know, on Facebook, a lot of people. But it's like, I wouldn't know anything about that, sorry. <laughs> it's that bums on seats mentality mm-hmm. uh, instead of uh, looking at productivity. Yeah. And that was really the moment where I was like, okay, the reason I can talk about this is because I can actually say I've seen the other side. I think it's very hard to talk about unless you've seen how it can work. Um, yeah. So it was those emails, people going, it's shit, thanks for saying it, <laughs> let's fix it. <laughs> and the fact that you also were able to say, as you've pointed out, but it, it come, means that you came from such a position of strength of saying, it's not like this everywhere, therefore we can change it. It can be changed. Yeah, I think, you know, I remember my um, boss in Amsterdam, uh, like, would leave the building every day at 530 and that set a precedent for everyone else. Mm. Um, and so they walked out, they went and had dinner with their family, and the London New York offices would ironically chime in, go, guys, we need to do a conference call at 7. Nah, Amsterdam's not on the call. We'll speak to you tomorrow morning. How hard is that? Mm. It's as simple as that. And I think it's also giving a little and getting a lot more back. Mm. So there will be times, of course, you know, if you work, especially in television, as you know, probably more than anyone you know shoot days are long mm-hmm. but if you have a day the next day that's not so intense then give that person a bit of their life back mm. so that they give more in that 12 hour shoot day that's yeah. really quite intense because there's a lot of burnout as well you're gonna you, you've got to give people a bit of a break before they break mm. and I think it's the strongest people that end up being the weakest because they keep going Mm -hmm. and that's what I've seen that's burnout Mm -hmm. is the strongest people going I won't be defeated by the system I won't be defeated I am a woman I need to provide for my family I'm a woman I need to show my kids that I can make this work I need to set an example and I'm a woman and I need to be equal to man and so this pressure on us is immense uh, and the strongest people do end up at the top but they often end up broken at the Mm. top unable to smash those glass ceilings and that's 
you know, I think a lot of what's happening at the moment. Um, but that's not to say that companies aren't shifting, but we're just helping to facilitate that. Yeah. That shift. <laughs> that shift. Well, flex appeal, again, it's not a nearly sweat, but I like what you've done there. <laughs> um, I do like a jeu de mots. Um, <laughs> Where can people find out more about this? Obviously, you've written the post on Mother Parker, but how can people get involved? So, uh, at the moment, uh, so I've written a big blog post about how people can help out. Um, the big thing that fuels it, because as a journalist, we do need stats to back this up. It's not just some crazy lady dancing in the street, sadly. I wish it was. <laughs> well, we must come back to the flash mob. <laughs> Um, but the uh, yeah, it's based on the simple stat from the government's working forward pledge, which is eighty six percent of uh, businesses in this um, survey said that they um, believe they don't discriminate uh, against women who have children, uh, and they believe that they support flexible working within their companies. There's eighty six percent of businesses in this survey across the UK. And it's an extensive, extensive survey. And in the same survey, 77% of women were made redundant on maternity leave or uh, were discriminated against. Uh, is that Well, this is the thing. It's such a grey area. But the facts, you know, I'm not very good at the maths, but the facts are those two don't stand up. Mm. So that's not me saying this. This is um, the European Human Rights Committee. Mm. So they're saying there's a big issue between what we're saying... <laughs> In and what's actually happening. And what's happening. Right. And so we're, we're being sort of swept under the carpet a little bit. So I'm just trying to highlight that massive grey area. Yeah. Um, whilst trying to, like, champion the companies that are getting it right, like Deloitte. Mm-hmm. They're doing really, really well. Um, they believe in agile working because they think it's a more positive message. Um, been flexible. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of like, it's a bit more agile, you're a bit more speedy, you're a bit more like Mo Farah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very... Um, flexible means they have to do something. Agile means... We work know, together. We're working together. We're like, you know, pumping the guns together. Um, well, working together, flash mob, what was that about? Yeah, <laughs> so that was like a really... I just thought the people actually that we need to talk to about flexible working about retaining it's not just flexible working but just about retaining this massive pool of talent that's being locked out of the workforce simply for you know letting the swimmers run free um, or not knowing how not knowing how uh, Durex works (laughs) I mean whatever the reason is for getting knocked out um, it affects your career at the moment there's absolutely no two um, doubts about it. It affects your career. And so I have a, I have following on Instagram, um, but then I just thought, well, actually, the people that need to hear these messages, they're not going to be on Instagram necessarily. They're not going to be on Facebook. They might not be following up on what's going on on blogs, you know, or vlogs or blogs or clogs, <laughs> whatever I'm working on. Um, so I thought we need to somehow take this offline. Um mm. But also in a very positive way. That's why we chose, again, the humour. We don't want to lambast people. We don't want to witch hunt. Um, It's, you know, I chose salt and peppers. um, Let's talk about sex, baby, because... um, It's a really bad tune. It's really bad, but in a really good way. And uh, the moves are very basic that we do, but... (laughs) It's about bringing, I think, people together, whether you're a parent or a guinea pig owner or, you know, or you just fancy two hours at the V&A on a Friday because that makes your head a bit clearer to have to work better for that massive multinational company that's 
putting a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Um, so we started at Trafalgar Square, um, and yeah, loads of people just turned up, and we just flashed up on to let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about flex, baby. When you're on the PAYE. <laughs> Won't sing the rest of it. It's too bad. Um, I will be requiring the lyrics, and they will be going in the show notes. I'll send you the link. You do not need to hear me without uh, backing uh, vocals. And my beatboxing days are over. <laughs> I think. Well, the next thing we're doing is the one show of filming us doing it in Trafalgar Square on the 31st of March. Uh, Gloria Hunniford's um, interviewing us about it. You're going to say Gloria Hunniford is going to flash mob to she, talk about it. She that. might. I mean, we asked her if she would because my mum's leading it, the flash mob this time. Amazing. Um, to show that flexible working affects grandparents. Yeah. You know, my mum said to look after May so much because of my work, and I think I'm not alone. So it affects people, you know. Um, and so my mum's going to lead it, and yeah, Glory Hannaford's going to be interviewing us. So if you do want to come and um, come along for a bit of public shaming and um, some flash mobbing, and maybe take off two things from the bucket list flash mobbing and being on the telly, yes. then just come down to Trafalgar Square at 12 o'clock. On the 31st of March. 31st of March, and we'll be there. Well, links again to that will be in the show notes. <laughs> Um, you talked about Instagram. You do have a pretty substantial following on Instagram, which makes you... I'm going to put this word out there and just see what your face does. Influencer? <laughs> I see you've asked that before to other people. Um, yeah, I suppose... I, suppose it, uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm small fry compared to some of the people out there. It's millions and hundreds. and um, I've heard it's about the micro-influencer now. <laughs> Which now, what is a micro-influencer? Because I've heard so many it definitions. It's so confusing. It is very confusing. I think that means they've got a smaller following, but it's a bigger engagement or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's all about the, the people actually listening. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like I said, my dad still thinks it's sort of flogging or clogging what I do. And I think, in a way, he's right, you know, like, because... I my background is in caravanning. <laughs> I will bring it back to that. I mean, I say I say that I did work for other magazines. I worked for Grazia in Dubai and um, stylist uh, on there, sort of doing all their editorials in um, the UK. And I've, I've got a background, but I don't think it necessarily gives me the kudos to go around calling myself like some kind of influencer <laughs> I'm just a foghorn I think that's the better way of looking at it um, I'm calling this show the foghorn <laughs> fog yes. like a flexible working foghorn um, it's like how I see it that I will support and champion people who are doing brilliant things mm. like I think you know you are and I think um, not <laughs> not saying that I'm a brilliant thing but I think that no, we are, we are, let's go in the mirror, accepting the award. Um, so unexpected. <laughs> I don't know how much influence actually you have in that capacity. I think you can encourage people. That's mm-hmm. more what I see. If, if they like my shoes, then great. But the real focus is to encourage somebody to push for flexible working or mm-hmm. to not feel shit about miscarriage because it does happen to so many other people mm-hmm. it's more of a kind of encourager role um, and if while I'm saying that message you know my norks look alright in the bra that I'm wearing then <laughs> fine <laughs> buy the bra <laughs> but um, that's very much like a secondary 
message, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I, I love all these young kids like going up, growing up online, doing their thing. I think the reason I ask a little bit is. Um, didn't mean to ping my own bra then um, I think the reason I ask a little bit is because there is a responsibility when you've got this big following or when people are looking up to you for a message or advice is it does change it's very different from being a journalist yeah. where you sort of you send something to print it goes and then it sort of has its own life and it's very separate from you this is something that's obviously very connected yeah it's, it's, it's really strange like the psychology on it is like I think I can handle it because I'm 35 and a bit long in the tooth and I've had like seven or eight jobs before this but I just think of the younger the younger kids who haven't been in a job before mm. and have grown up mm. online and suddenly they are in this sphere of influence mm. the psychology on that must be a little crazy um, I mean you know, I've, I mess up all the time I mess up in real life um you know, I found myself with two pairs of pants on yesterday. <laughs> you go to the loo and you're like, oh God, oh God, I've got two pairs on. And I'm like, that's just human nature. And so when you're doing it online, when you're doing that online, you know, that's not necessarily you're writing about that funny moment. Like you're literally writing something that doesn't make sense sometimes. Yeah. Or you post something that's misconstrued. Uh, it will, there will always be something that slightly offends or doesn't gel with somebody mm. because it's human nature like you don't like every single thing that every single person does all the time mm. that's creepy that's like a shoot to the Truman Show mm. but then to put yourself out there constantly and knowing that you know there is that ability for someone to say you know I think you're a terrible alcoholic mother <laughs> I think it, I do believe it's my auntie Janet who's trolling me most of the time <laughs> I've spoken to her about it um but I had, I think the, the best comment I had was, um, yeah, I can't believe you promote pubs that have, like, play areas in them. Um, I don't believe in drinking around children. I think it's abhorrent. Um, and also, I think your kid's hair's really shit. <gasps> I was like, look, look, lady, lady, troll you lady. engage, so you engage. I always engage. engage. Like, I'd go against what everyone says you should do. Everyone's like, just ignore. I'm like... No, 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 I'm going in, I'm going to the trenches. And I just was like, look, lady, like, have a go at me and my horrific alcoholic ways. Um, honestly, Poppy, if you were to deal with the tantrums on this one, mm. you'd be funneling, funneling the stuff. But, you know, like, don't have a go at the top knot. <laughs> my kid's top knot. Like, I think there's, you know, the lines. Mm. And um, I think my next campaign is like to bring back bring back the 80s troll you know like when the trolls were a good thing do you remember the, the pencil thing like no the little guys with the neon hair yeah yeah I yeah. had one on the end of my pencil it's yeah like, did they not make the movie was that not the trolls movie recently yeah ah oh, there you go yeah I just think Justin. it's time to rebrand um, it is and I think people are actually stopping trolling as much I haven't noticed it much on Instagram I think it's less it, it's more Twitter isn't it Twitter's yeah, just I just don't go on Twitter it scares me no, it's a fairly interesting. Yes, yeah. I I just think yeah because there's no images. I think when you put images out there, actually, it's much harder for somebody to be negative mm. because it is a very personal thing you're putting out there. Yeah, and also your followers just self 
like control it they they see something and they go no you're being a bit of a dick <laughs> I'm not going to say that I don't love watching a spat on um, yeah. Twitter Piers Morgan JK Rowling amazing that was just joyous <laughs> I just had to stop everything yeah. just watch it on the computer not on my phone like I yeah. needed a bigger screen as possible yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah it doesn't seem to happen as much on Instagram which I think makes Instagram a slightly nicer place it is yeah and if somebody does get sort of nasty then you know I tend to not ignore them mm-hmm. I don't because actually it tends to come from somewhere else like when someone feels the need to yes. get angry because I'm not putting anything offensive out mm-hmm. there like I'm not putting pictures of my, my tits up or anything to honest maybe don't really want to see that They're like little fluffy spaniel's ears but um <laughs> but yeah I think actually that would be a very offensive image um but I think there's something else behind it often. Mm. And sometimes it is they just don't like you, which is absolutely fine. But um, I'd say in the whole time I've been doing it, which is um, about 18 months, mm-hmm. I've had maybe three who I've actually ended up discussing with, and it's actually gone to an end, and it's ended up in a good place. I went to Pizza Express with one woman. Uh, which <laughs> well, that is a good place. It's a really good place. And it sounds mad, but she came in and got really angry about something that I was doing and she just said I can't believe you know you're, oh you think you're so you know posh and this that and the other being able to go to Pizza Express because I'd referenced it in one of my blog posts and she's like you know just it was a really vile message and I just responded just going well you know I've got a two for one card <laughs> do, do you fancy it and it was it was my husband was like she's going to kill you like <laughs> this is not healthy behaviour but we went, like both of us went. <laughs> it was mental, like, you know, we're very different people. But we sat down and, um, you know, we're never going to be friends. But she explained she was having the shittest time and that she was just angry because literally she had had to pay all her maintenance for the kid to a school that, you know, they were trying to get the kid into. There were a whole re- magnitude of reasons, but she was interested in why actually that's not okay, that behaviour, because that's her issue yeah. that I had no idea about. So, you know, I threw a few dough in the situation. <laughs> I'm not going to do that for every troll, if you're listening. <laughs> that was a one-off when I was... I might do a beer and a burger down where there's spoons. It might go further and further away from Pizza uh, <laughs> Express. But it was mental and maybe not, you know, made me look a bit unhinged. But um, I was interested in where she was coming from. Mm-hmm. Where, and then I think once I'd had that understanding, I was like, I think a lot of people are frustrated. Um, and that comes out. Not suggesting this with you, but there is a massive false reality out there on social media. And if you are, like she is, having a terrible time, you yeah. feel like it's all going wrong and you see somebody... And they could be projecting, but showing off a lifestyle that you just can't f- feel that you can get close to. I can understand why there would be yeah, a lashing out. I would probably keep it in my head. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes... It does, yeah. Reality is, yeah. Like, I put a post up the other day of me with my bum crack hanging out, um, holding on to May, um, by the side of the main road, um, just saying... <laughs> the mum squat, you know, like bum crack hanging out, kid under the arm, trying to reach for something in the underbelly of your buggy as an entire busload of blue-rinsed ladies watches <laughs> on the judges, and then a great rolls out into the gutter, you know, like, and that's one one moment uh, out of a whole shoot that was done 
uh, I say shoot very loosely, but my husband literally just taking weird fit photos where there were very nice pictures, and then there was one where I was a complete mess. And mm-hmm. I was like, actually, share the, the bit of mess. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I have a lot of pictures on there that are more campaign images for our flexible working campaign and me prancing around, you know, in front of colourful walls. But those moments have to be in there, mm. as do the positive ones. Yeah. Because I think you have to show people the two sides. But I think what I like about what you're doing is where you, the mum squat, yeah. you go, this is a shit moment. Um, there would be perhaps another voice out there saying, well, this is when you'd clench your buttocks and drive through your heels when you stand up and get a workout. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. we all know that's tosh. Yeah, like, no one's going to do that. Like, you I know, mean, these buns are beyond any help. <laughs> I'm literally like, they need their own scooter at the back. Um, let's just talk very quickly, because you are a very busy lady. Um, but um, just want to ask you about making a passion... Pursuing a passion mm. and what you would say to listeners who maybe have had an idea like yours, feel strongly about something in the way that you do and perhaps at the moment are in a situation where they can't pursue it but would like to. Is there any advice that you would transfer to them via this podcast? <laughs> the advice uh, it's, it's coming through I wish. <laughs> I'm not sure what advice I have. I think it's actually probably not what a lot of people want to hear, to be honest. Um, something I feel really strongly about is this um, belief that we all need to chase our dream and follow what we want to do. And, and I, I do believe that. I think that's a brilliant way to think. But the reality of that, mm. it, it, there's a massive grey area between the two often. Mm. And I, I don't want to be the one pissing all over dreams, but I think... The reason I wrote the post on how much I'd earned and how much I've put in to what I've done mm. was because I think you, exactly what you said, that that distortion of reality versus fantasy, mm. um, it can lead somebody to think, I'm going to jack in my job, I'm going to go and do this. And actually the reality of it is I was um, falling out of my husband, you know, I was crying every other day because I couldn't make ends meet um, I was writing blog posts at four in the morning uh, I blame one or two miscarriages on the stress that we were under because we were moving house at the same time and you know there was a time when my mum was looking after my daughter more than I was because I was just stretched mm. beyond any belief um, and I think when she called for my daughter called for my mum in the night when she was sad and not me that was when I broke mm. I properly broke and thought this, yeah, there is getting your, there is chasing your dreams, there is, but there needs to be transparency on jumping ship from something that you love, a job that you mm. love or like even or mm. can can handle on a day to day basis yeah. for this unknown <clears throat> fantasy. Um, there needs to be more talked about the financial side of that. I hundred um, percent agree. There's a lot out there of follow your dreams and it's the hardship that yeah. you have to go through and the then it will come good go do it and we hear about the inspirational people we hear about the successes because the other stories don't sell magazines books no. or make good viral YouTube clips you don't hear the bankruptcies mm-hmm. you don't hear of the broken you don't hear of the divorces only if at the end of it only if at the end of they it they get the yacht they get the yacht <laughs> I'm so far off the yacht and I think that's I really appreciate what you're saying because I think it is absolutely true you have to 
I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you have to make sure you're covered. Yeah, I think you have to, especially if you have dependents. I don't, I, I'm not in a position where I can't work. I have to make this work. Mm. It's such a primitive maternal feeling. It's not a dream. It's a, I have to make this work. Mm. I have no choice. We can't afford it if I don't. Um, and uh, I think that's something that, uh, yes, you, if you want to do it, do it. But you have to be so clear on what you're doing. Mm. It's not just a jumping from one side to the other. And if you're not sure, fight for the job you have. Push the boundaries of flexible working and make it work. If not for yourself, for the person after you who really wants that. And that's what I feel strongly about is helping people retain what they've worked hard for instead of giving it up in the pursuit of a dream because they feel everybody else is doing it right. um, that pressure um, yeah I think it's the fantasy versus reality mm. she says hair falling out <laughs> and making sure that in the Venn diagram you that there's crossover yeah just need the money <laughs> just need the <laughs> I know I'm going to have to let you go but it's been so brilliant having you on oh, the show oh it's been so nice and I suspect listeners that there will be many emails and aggressive tweets hopefully asking for your return calling for mother pucker to come back <laughs> mother pucker as mo says as the doctors get very concerned <laughs> it's all good it's a brand darling it's a brand it's the brand yeah she's a brand pillar oh, she is thank you for being here no thanks so much for having me i've loved it so that was anna whitehouse also known as mother pucker i really hope that you enjoyed the show all of the links to the show notes, including links to motherpucker.co.uk, all of Anna's social handles, and all of the um, links that we referenced in the show to articles like I Quit that she talked about are all going to be on the show notes over on emmaguns.com. So feel free to go over there and have a look at all of that. And as ever, if you're listening on iTunes, please do subscribe, please do leave me a rating, and if you could write a review, I would be so grateful. And remember, if you want to get in touch with the show, email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet me at Emma Guns, or you can also leave comments underneath the post, which will feature Anna over on Instagram, where I'm also Emma Guns. Thanks so much for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.